If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here is your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about the power of film. And uh, if you'd like to connect with us, uh, uh, connect with us at braveheartsforkids.org, braveheartsradio.org. You can find all the past episodes in the show links section, and there's also a place where you can donate now if you have a heart and a mind to do that and like what we're doing and want to help us continue with this. So uh, today, our guests are filmmakers, uh, Lucia Morrow and Joe Orlandino. Uh, the films uh, that they that they've uh, pr- produced include In My Brother's Shoes, uh, an award-winning documentary, and uh, a new one that's coming out. Um, we'll talk about that too. So, when uh, my one of my very best friends, and uh, I always mention Marlo Anderson in the uh, third segment of the show when we talk about the National Day Calendar because uh, Marlo is the one of the founders of NationalDayCalendar.com. Uh, in 2006, Marlo came back from the Consumer Electronics Show in uh, Las Vegas. That's 2006, so seems to me that doesn't seem like a very long time ago. And what he told me when we were having lunch that uh, that first day back was, Video is going to become a very big part of the internet. And I look back at that and I, 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 I have to almost laugh about that because 2006 doesn't seem like very long ago, but think how the world has changed since then. So uh, w- with that introduction, uh, welcome to uh, Lucia and, and to Joe. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're very happy to be here. Well, and you know the the setup story. I, I I say Marlo talked about how video is going to be a big part of the internet, and I in introducing this show and the setup for the show, I I uh, describe you as a filmmaker, Lucia. Yeah. Uh, is is it fair to ask what's the distinction between film and video? Well, I would say that uh, one of the distinctions is, I know they're certainly merging. I mean, if we were to look at specifically film, where you're talking about film that you're splicing together, and video is, of course, more digital. Mm -hmm. But when I think of if you're producing, say, a video, that could be, say, a music video, it could be a promotional video, it could be something attached to, say, an ad agency, a corporate type of video, an industrial. And then I distinguish the film as either, you know, narrative or short or long form or documentary, that it's a, 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 a story with probably, how would I say this, like a larger narrative arc or there are more elements to it. You know, this can be argued because the, the point in time where we're at in uh, the closer and closer we move to so many online formats, especially now with Zoom and other platforms with the, the pandemic, that 
saying something's a film and something's a video <laughs> are, mm-hmm. are joining closer together. And I think, Joe, you, you have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, well, the distinction uh, technically is film is a celluloid and uh, it, it basically is obsolete. Kodak is no longer. And uh, everything did go digital. Uh, the quality of digital um, imagery is uh, it meets or exceeds film. Uh, arguably, uh, there are some distinctions in terms of uh, frame rates, etc., uh, etc. Et but very much like uh, when we had uh, vinyl records, that uh, was an analog uh, delivery of the uh, the audio. And then it became digital once it went to CDs. And uh, the distinction to the average human ear was, it was small. And the same is true for the the delivery systems now uh, and Mm -hmm. capturing imagery. So without going into deep detail... Um, that's kind of the uh, answer. And, and you know, I'd, I'd like to add, Brian, that ultimately we're storytellers. So we use the medium of film, which is now merging with video. Mm-hmm. But I feel at the core of what we do, you know, filmmakers is that carryover term. I think it's all encompassing. Semantics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Semantics. Yeah, yes. So I think um, ultimately we're telling stories that empower and inspire and touch people's lives in a, a really positive way. A lot of what we do is about healing and resilience and human connection needed so much more now <laughs> than, than ever. You know, it, 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 I just I was wondering if it was something that was a, a, um, a viable distinction or maybe more a sense of, uh, you know, uh, uh, dating myself, you know, as, as it were, because <laughs> I, I would uh, I would set up my my 4K camera to record a speech or a presentation and uh, I, I would describe it. I'm filming this and, and, and some of the some of the people, they uh, they would look at me like uh, that. That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean filming? Uh, it's and uh, I think terms like you sound like a broken record and (laughs) you know dial me up those are those are in the same uh in the same genre you know but but it it's really in the sense that um, a film, a movie is is a is a is a more maybe our perception is a more of a production, more of a major production than uh, here's a a selfie video uh, that I'm posting on LinkedIn. Oh, yes. And it's such a process. I mean, for instance, I can talk about um, the current documentary that we're almost finished in post-production. It will be done in a matter of days. And this is I Have a Name, which is our collaboration with Jacqueline Hayes and the Chicago Help Initiative. And I know that you're very familiar with the work of the Chicago Help Initiative. And uh, the documentary is called I Have a Name. Mm -hmm. And we're discussing uh, the, the, you know, an organization like Chicago Help Initiative that nourishes the whole person. And that's a person in need, someone who's experiencing homelessness uh, in particular uh, in Chicago. And how an organization like that can respond to uh, the, truly the whole person in putting a face on homelessness, allowing us to get to know how an individual might become Uh, homeless, and then how can they become more self-sufficient? How can they move forward in their life through, through not only meals and housing, but also through the arts, through adult education, through job training, through um, healthcare, through all these other areas. And in terms of that process, you know, we shot the film in October 
of 2019 over the course of 10 days with full, you know, crew, you know, you have, I'm the writer director, you have a director of photography, a sound recordist, typically an on-set producer. And then, you know, the next couple of months, it depends on the deadline, I was totally immersed in hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. Mm-hmm. So then I was shaping essentially the documentary. My questions alone within the film, you know, we interviewed 48 individuals in that film. So uh, you start out with your concept. I knew how I wanted to open the film. I knew the tone of the film. It's this sense of how does someone who's experiencing homelessness see the world? There's a lot of outdoor footage of the the city, of urban landscapes, of murals, of viaducts, of neighborhoods, almost like a spoken word poem in film. And then, then we have our interviews. So I have to tailor those questions, how, you know, in in different areas of the film, that's shaping the film. Then, of course, in the post-production, I'm going through those interviews and pulling out the quotes that I feel best express the tone and the message of this film. And this is taking, you know, a couple of months. I'm, you know, working with wonderful editor Heather Edson, who is now, we're at the point where we're, we're tweaking the audio and the, the levels and, you know, where it's just, it, it takes a, it easily a couple of months. It can take a year. So absolutely, as you're, as you're saying, it is definitely a production. It involves a lot of people and a, a tremendous amount of collaboration. Well, and, and just the, the, the um, you know, when you talk about uh, sound editing and things like this, um, when, you know, just li- uh, watching the, the trailer to In My Brother's Shoes and comparing it to the trailer of I Have a Name, in the very beginning of the, of the trailers, there's, there's a, a, in, in one, there's a, some violin that comes up. And in, in the others, there, there are street sounds, like, in, like a, a, a muted siren. Yes, and and uh, it, it's something that um, it you know you, you could have a siren blaring away, but it would be it's it's very different to say oh I, I hear that I recognize what that is, you know. You made me feel so great. I I want you to know that I often start from an audio perspective. Now we know cinema is extremely visual. But I have a, a background in music and theater and all these other forms that there's something about the audio note, whether it's mm-hmm. the music or the ambient sound. Uh, for instance, I have a name. I knew from the beginning, from the point when Jacqueline approached me to you know, work on this documentary, I, I, I said I wanted to be, well, when you actually see the documentary itself, it opens with the... Um, a cup, you know, the, the, the shaking of a cup with coins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt that that is a, a metaphor often for an individual who is um, living outdoors and outside and, and people we see all the time, uh, you know, that what is that sound? It, it is that cup shaking. And then that leads into, like you said, a siren, some birds chirping, a car horn, traffic. Mm-hmm. What are all those exterior sounds I thought very very deeply about that and then in terms of in my brother's shoes uh, that is a collaboration with Enzo de Rosa who is our longtime composer and and partner in 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 my brother's shoes Inc and he has composed the music for for all of our films 
And uh, he also composed the instrumental music for I Have a Name, interspersed with the vocal music of Harmony, Hope, and Healing. But Enzo and I have, there's such a synchronicity in, in the, the, just how he approaches music and how the music serves as a narrator for, the, for the, the, each character's individual life. Uh, so I, I'm so glad you, you, you took note of that because we think, <laughs> we think a lot about every single element. Well, I, I, you know, I feel, I feel so pleased that, um, that, that uh, I was able to, to hear something and, uh, and give, you, give you some feedback on that. A couple of weeks ago, I had uh, my uh, executive producer, uh, uh, Winston Price, on the show. And, and uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the focus of that show was, was to shut up and listen. And so <laughs> maybe, I'm, Winston, you do listen to these shows, right? Uh, yet you, maybe I'm catching it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're, we're uh, about, uh, about ready to take our first break. And uh, we'll um, be back on the other side of that with uh, Lucia Moro and uh, Joe Orlandino, uh, filmmakers. And we'll be talking a bit more about uh, I Have a Name and uh, maybe a bit more about In My Brother's Shoes on Bravehearts Radio. Stick with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to braveheartsforkids.org. That's braveheartsforkids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. Uh, you're tuned in to voiceamerica.com. 
where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about the power of film. Uh, you can connect with us at BraveHeartsForKids.org, BraveHeartsRadio.org. Uh, we're setting up uh, our mission-building retreats and thought leader summits by Zoom video. We're, we're really rebuilding all of the things that we were doing live and in person as far as uh, workshops and so forth. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I just it's something that everyone's having to deal with. Our guests today are uh, Lucia Moro and Joe Orlandino. During the break, we were talking a little bit uh, about how... Um, uh, you typically do live screenings of your film, and, and that's changed for you now, uh, Joe. What uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, um, our model was based on uh, taking uh, Lucia's uh, beautiful films and presenting them to uh, different audiences that fit within the uh, the context of, of the story. If it was uh, our, our first project in my brother's shoes we were talking to a lot of people uh from the military people who had struggled uh themselves or a family member with ptsd uh her second film uh one year later was about uh cancer survivorship and then of course our our mother cabrini documentary so we had these different silos that we would go out and do a screening lucia would open up the film uh, talk about the genesis, how the story came about, and uh, run the film, and then she would do a Q&A. And we would always have a nice group of people. Uh, our model was to raise funds for the, any particular organization that we were screening for. But uh, then uh, we had uh, several lined up uh, for this year, and the pandemic came along, and like everybody else, uh, we had to reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we took a step back and we said, well, we know we could put the film on a platform where people could view it, but that kind of takes away from the whole model we had of Lucia being accompanying the film mm-hmm. and talking about you know, what inspired her, the process of making it, as she said earlier, all the interviews she did. Uh, and we always fielded at least a half an hour, if not more, of questions. So what I did is I thought and said, you know, there's a couple of uh, different ways to cobble this together. And uh, I took a look at the, the platforms that were available to combine live with a screening. And uh, that's what we're doing now. We we have a, uh, uh, a platform where Lucia is live on the screen. Mm-hmm. And um, she'll introduce the film uh, in a separate window, and she'll say, uh, I'll see you back in an hour. And uh, the mm-hmm. viewer then will click and watch the film. After the film is over, Lucia's back on the screen with a, a live chat window, and she could take uh, questions. And uh, it's been working out quite well. We're very happy with the, the way this is going. And I, I'm expecting, now I'm, not the, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I expect to see more true, people. <laughs> I expect to see more people using this type of setup to, uh, you know, run a, a film. It's not unlike what you see on television, where you'll have a talking head introduce a news clip or a clip from a film or a trailer. We're doing the same thing, but we've made it interactive. We could actually talk to that talking head, 
and uh, have a conversation. Well, that sounds fantastic. Is, is it something that you can share how to find that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, we will be uh, screening a, uh, a, we will be screening our Mother Cabrini film on uh, Mother Cabrini's birthday, July 15th, for the entire diocese of Rockford, Illinois. We uh, contacted 108 parishes last week, and uh, we're just starting to see the uh, the tickets come in. Um, the, the tickets are basically uh, a fundraiser for each parish. So when you purchase a ticket online, uh, you state which parish you're from. It w- there's a gate there. You can't complete the ticket purchase until you put what parish you're from. Mm-hmm. And then we do we download all of that information and uh, say, okay, uh, Saint Gall is going to get you know uh, funds from 20 tickets, and Saint Bernadette's going to get funds from 50, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and we just send everybody a check. Yes. Yes. So we can actually split um, those the the proceeds. And I and in terms of contacting, well, there's our website, Brian, which is mm-hmm. in mybrotherschoes.org, and where we can send you the link because the tickets are being uh, you purchase your tickets through a platform called Give Lively, and I could certainly send you that link because it's through that link that you purchase the tickets, and then we we then send. The link for where the live screening will be. We could send Brian the link here, and he can announce it if he'd like. Yeah, that sounds good. And you know, you can uh, we can uh, we can announce the link, or uh, I can post it uh, on the uh, on the on the show uh, notes after the show when I when I put that up on social media. So well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Mike. absolutely. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. And uh, Mother Cabrini, she was the uh, patron saint of uh, immigrants, I think, right? Yes, and uh, also hospital administrators. But, you know, Mother Cabrini, originally from uh, near the Milan area of Italy, she was born in 1850, and she was actually uh, urged by Pope Leo XIII to minister to the newly arrived Italian immigrants in the United States. So she first arrived in the United States in 1889 and then made her way to Chicago in 1899, you know, the invitation of the Servite Friars. And uh, she established Assumption School here. She founded Columbus Hospital in Lincoln Park, as well as... Uh, what became the Mother Cabrini Memorial Hospital in the Taylor Street neighborhood on the the near west side. So she altogether in her life founded uh, 67 institutions, mostly schools and hospitals and orphanages. And uh, she crossed the ocean something like 30 times. And this is an amazing woman and humanitarian she was, was frail, in, frail of it, health and had a fear of water, yet and, she was and unstoppable. And crossed the ocean in a boat, too, not, uh, <laughs> yes, not, not, exactly. not the Concord. Exactly. Oh. And um, remarkable woman and such a great inspiration, wow. a really modern woman. And I think with uh, that particular film, we wanted to show who are those individuals living Mother Cabrini's mission today? Who are the new immigrant communities, the thriving communities here? And, and um 
and, and we, we, we focused on individuals from Myanmar and South America and Mexico, Nigeria. I mean, they're all part of, of our film. And, and who are others who continue to serve those who are poor and in need and uh, the sick as well? Because she was really a great advocate of, of health care and excellent health care and services. Um, so, so we, we find that, um, you know, we've shown this film everywhere, you know, to churches and schools and immigration museums. So, so Mother Cabrini's message really lives today. And, you know, she, she actually spent her last days here in Chicago at Columbus Hospital. So we, we made this film in honor of the 100th anniversary of her passing in 2017 as, as Joe and I are, uh, you know, we're congregation members of the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini here. Uh, so that was once Columbus Hospital, which they knocked down, but they preserved the chapel, which is now her shrine. So it's just a really fascinating story and experience. Well, it sounds like it sounds like a, a, a terrific uh, watch, uh, you know, as a as a film too. Uh, that, you know, when when you mentioned Mother Cabrini, I, I have to uh, I, I have to take a bit of an aside here. Um, over the over the weekend, I learned of the passing of uh, Sister Thomas Welder. She was uh, uh, the uh, the uh, president of the University of Mary in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, where I lived most of my life. And uh, Sister Thomas was uh, the longest tenured uh, female university president in United States history. Uh, she also remembered everything, every student who ever passed through the school. And the last time I saw her was in um, was in uh, uh, October last year. We were up in Bismarck for my mother's funeral, and uh, I hadn't seen Sister Thomas in probably about ten years. And I uh, saw her at the cafeteria at the University of Mary, and she uh, she she I said hello, and she said hello, Brian. So sorry to hear about your mother. Uh, and uh, you know, just that kind of uh, the, a recognition of of people, and and there was something within her that uh, I think flows through some people that that we are inspired by. Oh yes. Uh, and the the last thing that I remember that she said to me was, um, uh, "Find the place where your where your where your heart's desire meets the hunger of the world." Mm. Wow. How beautiful! How moving! And that—that's—that's that's what see, and that's what we do on Bravehearts Radio. Is that, that that those are the listeners to Bravehearts Radio, the, the people who have, who have a, a a desire to find the place where where the hunger of the world meets their heart's desire, and you connect people in that way. So I I really I, I delight in, in in being here with you today. Oh, thank you, well, thank, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, yes, and you know, it, Joe and I were talking just the other day how there, there's, there's just on many levels the the turmoil in the world, and how we have for in our lifetimes this unprecedented uh, COVID nineteen crisis, and uh, so much that's happening, the unrest, and and we were thinking, you know. <laughs> We want to we want to bring as much empowerment in goodness that we you know we can't necessarily change the world in a day or a week, but if we could continue to create work that touches other people and 
and helps them to move forward in their lives and bring goodness that we hope that that's that idea of helping each individual person, you mm-hmm. know, sending out a really, really wonderful and beautiful energy that uh, we hope we can do through our films and through our live discussions. And we love meeting all the people we're missing, certainly from the live screenings, what we've learned from all the magnificent people who attend our screenings. We've learned so much from them. That's, 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 it's absolutely amazing what we can uh, learn from people when we listen. So we'll be back uh, uh, on the other side of our, our uh, second break uh, on Bravehearts Radio with Lucia Morrow and Joe Orlandino, filmmakers, and uh, we'll uh, continue our discussion on the other side of 60 Seconds. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reingold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live Internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about the power of film with Lucia Morrow and Joe Orlandino from In My Brother's Shoes. Uh, you can connect with us at braveheartsforkids.org, braveheartsradio.org. You can connect with uh, In My Brother's Shoes at inmybrotherschoes.org, and um, you know, coming into in the third to the third segment, I always uh, give a shout out to Marlo and the the folks at NationalDayCalendar.com, one of the great supporters of the Bravehearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. Uh, NationalDayCalendar.com, the uh, the days. Uh, 
June, June, yeah, it's still June, isn't it? June 29th, uh, uh, Almond Butter Crunch Day. Oh, that sounds good. Waffle Iron Day and Camera Day. Uh, Camera Day. That's a that's an interesting national day, and and uh, in particular because uh, you know I I did a lot of work over the years with uh, 35 millimeter film and and slides, and uh, my dad had uh, slide film and carousel and. And I used to take eight millimeter videotape, and uh, my dad shot eight millimeter film. And I remember that one of the funny things about that eight millimeter film is that you'd set up the projector, he'd set up the projector, and and it was almost exclusively in black and white. And I used to run the hurdles, throw the discus, things like that at track meets, and he could run it in reverse. And I we thought it was such a kick to uh, see me catching the discus <laughs> or or running those hurdles backwards, you know? <laughs> I remember those uh, 8-millimeter Bell & Howell uh, film cameras. That was my first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, in, in college, I had a job at the film library. I'd, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, where you'd... Uh, uh, take the film and we'd put it, put one one reel on a on on a on one side and and spool it up so that you could run it through high speed. And it, when there was a broken sp- uh, sprocket, you'd slice that out and glue it. And that's why, you know, if you were a kid watching a a film in in uh, class, you'd say, well, well, there's kind of a gap there. <laughs> <laughs> we had to repair the film. You know, we took out six inches. <laughs> So, so you were um, a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, it, it, in a way, I suppose you could say I was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I uh, oh my, you know, I, I, I say we we uh, we get off on on other topics and 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 bounce from one thing to another. Um, they, I, I always love the origin of of how how things got started, and one of the things that um, you know I was introduced uh, to you through Jacqueline Hayes and I was introduced to Jacqueline Hayes through Ellen Rogan and, and Ellen is uh, uh, as an abundance activist and a fellow member of the uh, National Speakers Association and uh, so I had had an opportunity to introduce her for a program and I got her introduction and I was reading her a little bit about her bio and, was, and I thought oh my god I really you know this this is this is great I, she's uh, you have that feeling this this person is someone that that's just like me and and I, I really like that. And I think we all, always like that. Uh-huh. Um, and, and one of the questions that I had for, for you uh, in preparing for the show was, was how did you get started in, 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 uh, with, with the first, uh, with the first uh, uh, film that you did? Yes. Well, I love how we've been on this trajectory somehow and in life. And everything's connected, as you said. And it's almost like there's this predestined aspect of our lives that we're not aware of early on, but it happens. And then our organization, In My Brother's Shoes, uh, evolved organically, essentially. So, um, in, in a, and I'll say it in a, in a short way, <laughs> but essentially I was a longtime arts writer and dance and theater critic for a lot of publications in Chicago, as well as the radio and in, in broadcast, all kinds of, of formats. And I was also a photographer and a public speaker and an educator. So I had a lot of different dimensions to my career and uh, spoke with so many actors and directors and scenic designers and film directors and screenwriters and 
And at one point, uh, Joe had said to me, but Lucia, you have your own stories to tell, and you are a writer. So I, it would be wonderful. You should consider telling your stories and telling them through film. And so over the years, I, I did write, I was writing my own screenplays. We had a project that we started back in uh, 2009, 2010. But in the midst of all that, um, I was in, in Rome, Italy, where Joe and I, that's our background, we do travel to Italy, and that's where a number of my films are set. It's so inspiring. But essentially, I was in St. Peter's Square, I was meeting a friend, and while I was waiting for her, a young American man uh, stood next to me uh, in, in the big plaza there, in the big square, and he was out of breath. It was very hot. It was middle of summer. And he was wearing these shoes that were torn to shreds. The backs were cut out. And I couldn't help but ask him, what happened to your shoes? And and he got very emotional. And he said, well, these were my brother's favorite shoes. He was a Marine. And he was killed in Iraq. And he had always wanted to go to Rome and other parts of Italy with his friends. They were going to backpack, but he never had the opportunity. So I literally put on his shoes, and I'm taking him on this trip with me, his spirit. Well, I still get really emotional Mm -hmm. when I think about that. I remember I didn't know this man. I hugged him. We, We just, it's just this amazing moment in time. And then... You know, as, as it is when you travel, you don't necessarily take someone's name or phone number, and and he had to continue on his journey. And when I got back to the hotel, I remember I keep a journal, and I wrote in the margin, in my brother's shoes, that I wanted to somehow tell this man's story. I wanted to give him a backstory. I wanted to capture the essence. And it wasn't until a number of years later that I said to Joe, this is the film I want to make, In My Brother's Shoes. And it's a, it's a narrative film. This is actually a short film. It's 25 mm-hmm. minutes. And I, I gave him a backstory that this is a man from, you know, like the Bridgeport area of Chicago, and he's never really traveled, but he's going to honor his brother. He's going to take this trip, and he's going to become a changed person. He's going to be able to process his grief. So my character, whose name is Danny, is wearing his brother's marine desert boots, as well as his dog tags. And he, his brother, in a way, inspires him to get out of his comfort zone. And he takes this pilgrimage to Rome in those shoes, in those boots. And he meets a lot of strangers along the way, and he's able to open up his heart. He may never see them again, but they touch his life. He touches theirs. And he can move forward with his life now. And I don't want to give away the ending, <laughs> right? But but he, there is a selfless act of generosity at the end of this film that allows him to carry on the sacrifice of his brother as well as his brother's generous spirit. So it's just an extremely moving and uplifting film. And from there, uh, we moved into our other films. So uh, the other part is that I'm an ovarian cancer survivor, and this was all happening in the middle of starting in my brother's shoes and making our our, our film. I, I want to jump in because Lucia is uh, very humble, but uh, the film uh, won the Vatican Film Festival uh, in 2015 out of a field of about 2,000 entries. And uh, apparently, 
um, Lucia's story really resonated with the people in Rome. And it's really not a faith-based film, but in, in, a, in its own way, it's a universal uh, uh, it's universal in terms of its own spirituality. Yeah, it's, you know, when uh, I, I get the question about faith-based um, fairly reg- regularly in the work that I do, um, you know, I, I work with the Bravehearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity, and uh, I remember someone asking me, um, uh, are, you, are you a faith-based organization? And, and I thought about it for a moment. I understand what you mean by that question, but you have to understand that we couldn't do this work without faith uh-huh. exactly precisely it, it it's not denominational faith it's um you know it's it's a uh, it's a spirituality it's a it's a connectedness exactly and, uh, yeah so um yeah wow what a what a what a terrific story it makes me makes me want to travel i you know i really haven't been out of the united states and uh um I've uh, just been to uh, Tijuana and Vancouver, which uh, uh-huh. is, uh, is is hardly outside the U.S. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and on the border. <laughs> and Winnipeg. Okay, so sorry, sorry, Winnipeg. I forgot you guys. Uh, but but yeah, um, uh, the the more you talk to people, the smaller the world gets. Oh, oh, absolutely. As if we're all somehow somehow connected. Yeah. And, you know, that, and then as I go back to this term, evolving organically, that one year later then became my next film in which I talk about the emotional side of cancer survivorship. And it's at that point, you know, we realized that we were making more than films. We wanted to share them and, and, and assist others and, you know, their own healing or creating a safe and energized environment where, where individuals who might be cancer survivors or might be someone who lost a loved one who's a veteran or, you know, veterans or someone suffering from PTSD. Those are, we thought these could then move forward and we could help others through sharing our own experiences, but in a, in a, in a film format. You know, and the, uh, the, the cancer, the cancer support is, uh, is, is something that's really, um, uh, close to the work that I do with the Brave Hearts for Kids mm-hmm. organization, yes. because we, we match families with resources that can help them in their time of time of struggle. And, and, uh, often people will say, well, you know, do you, uh, do you support St. Jude's or you do, do you, you know, do you, do you like what that, what, uh, you know, someone else is doing, you know, and, uh, I'll, I'll have to say, oh, I absolutely love what they do because they, you know, St. Jude's and, and the people that support research have, have reduced the uh, uh, the mort- helped reduce the mortality rate in cancer mm-hmm. by eighty percent in, in a generation. Um, we we work with with families that need help now that that have sick children now, right. but it's a, so it's a different it's a it's a different sort of thing. But uh, we have this philosophy that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. It does. You just so, you spread it around. Yes. You talk about veterans organizations that you help. Um, that that doesn't hurt a cancer organization. It makes the world better, and that helps uh, that helps everyone. So. Yes, it could be in the smallest way, but that just keeps like a ripple effect, and you don't know who you're going to touch and where your message is going to project outward. But it's always outward, outward, and moving forward. Yeah, you know the what the uh, the image of the shaking of the cup. Uh, that uh-huh. re- reminds me of how we we got connected because um, 
when uh, a, f- a friend of mine and I were walking across the bridge um, uh, from uh, uh, the um, uh, Ogilvy train station into the into the city, and there was a, a fellow I recognized, and he was shaking a cup on the bridge, and I, uh, you know, I normally keep uh, some spare bills in my uh, in my right pocket, and I'd reach in, I'd drop a few in his uh, in his cup, and my friend says to me, "That's Fred." Yes, there he has a name. <laughs> and I and I thought it, it was it was one of those aha moments that still yes. is you know I don't think I was a grinchy kind of guy, but my heart grew three sizes that day. You know. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, because that that's one of those things that um, until you until you realize it, you don't realize it. That that's right, and you know, making the the film, I have a name. We share so many of the stories of individuals who, you know, experienced hard times, and they're they may not be experiencing as hard times. They're you know they've changed certain things in their life. Somebody helped them, or or they're they're still very much in need. But we really really get a sense in the film of who they are, and they come from all walks of life, and. They, they have such different personalities and such different approaches to life. And, and we, we not only get to know their names, we really get to know their essence and what drives them and moves them and, and the respect uh, that the volunteers and all the individuals at the Chicago Help Initiative show towards each other. And I, I just want to say something very quickly. Yeah. That J- Jacqueline Hayes was at our screening of Francis Xavier Cabrini, the People's Saint, our Mother Cabrini film, at Assumption Church last year. And after she saw that film, she approached me and said, I would love for you to make a film about the Chicago Help Initiative, about homelessness in Chicago. And, you know, it's, 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 we're, we're, we are part on this path. That happened within my brother's shoes. We showed it at the National Shrine. That led to our Mother Cabrini film. So... So we are, it's a thread that runs through our lives and we're all meant to know each other at those specific times <laughs> to allow us to continue on that path. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take another quick break and uh, be back to uh, wrap things up and see what's next on uh, Bravehearts Radio with Lucia Moro and Joe Orlandino, filmmakers from In My Brother's Shoes. Stick with us. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. 
For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, and we're the leader in live Internet talk radio, and I am grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about the power of film with uh, Lucia Moro, Joe Orlandino from InMyBrothersShoes.org. You know, you can uh, find out all about uh, In My Brother's Shoes at uh, InMyBrothersShoes.org. And if you want to help, if you want to donate, there are opportunities to do that too. Uh, that that's a uh, uh, an, an important part of the work that uh, that we do here at Brave Arts Radio is to promote the uh, the the good work of our guests and uh, and the the projects and ideas and things that uh, that they inspire and that they are inspired by. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to I, I just said uh, there's a, a quick story I, I, would, I said I would tell. Um, I, I was involved with the uh, C.S. Lewis Fellows Program. I was a mentor for that, and that met uh, in uh, Chicago, uh, the Moody Church, and I was uh, turning off of I-90 onto North Avenue one time, and there was a, a fellow at the at the light at the base of the uh, of the hill, you know, and uh, he was shaking a cup. So I, I put a few bills in his in his cup, and I took a left and turned over to the C.S. Lewis Program, and. Uh, the part of the program that day was um, the uh, the question, "What does Jesus look like?" And I I raised my hand and and I said, "He looks like a guy that lives under a bridge on North Avenue." And everybody wow. thought, "What do you mean by that?" I said, wow. "You know, and uh, uh, that but but that's that's the that's the thing that motivates." Yeah. Uh, that motivates people and, and gets them going, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm in full agreement. Oh, I can so relate to that. I believe that. So uh, let me ask you, Lucia, what, is, uh, what do you have coming up? You, uh, another, another new project, uh, some, some things to, uh, to uh, uh, keep things flowing? Oh, yes. In fact, I always feel like we're in production or post-production of one project, and then we're in pre-production for another. So the next film that we're working on is a documentary, and it's called The Loneliest Road. And we're we're planning to shoot it this year, but that's not going to happen because of the coronavirus. But we are planning it for next year. And this is a great story. I'll sum it up. Uh, I discovered an author, his name is Silvio Mano, he wrote a book called Charcoal and Blood, and it reveals the story of a little-known massacre from 1879 in Eureka, Nevada, of Italian uh, immigrants who were charcoal burners, so they supplied the charcoal for the early days of, of coal mining in Nevada, and 
they just wanted to get paid a little more. They, they wanted something like five cents extra, but mm. the forces surrounding them in terms of people who were kind of plotting around them, there was, you know, a lot of forces. It addresses a lot of issues about how Italian immigrants were treated at that time, not only by... Uh, you know, just the American environment they were living in, but also some of the more prosperous Italians who came over. It's a very complicated story, but long story short is that they decided to strike for this five cents more, and a posse surprised them and shot five of them dead. So they couldn't even defend themselves. They uh, they were they were massacred. It's called the Fish Creek Massacre, and Silvio Mano, who's the author and an immigrant himself, discovered these graves. Nobody knows about this. He he happened upon these graves near the these old kilns that are in the in the desert. And he decided to research it, and he wrote this excellent book that um, Joe and I had found and discovered. We contacted him, and we're basically going to recreate his journey, how he found these graves, what was it like being an immigrant in the early days of the American West, what was the strike about, how were these individuals treated. So we're really bringing to light a little-known part of, of history, and it ties in with whole, our whole idea of, of humanitarianism, treating others with dignity and respect, and it, 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 it kind of comes full circle for the whole story of, of immigrants. Sounds like another terrific story. I had a qu- question about uh, you, I know we're running up against the end of the show here, but uh, in the, tra- in the um, uh, I, I Have a Name trailer, uh, Deborah uh, was uh, being interviewed, and she said, just being around other people just helps me lift myself ah, up. Yes. How, how does the COVID uh, affect, affect uh, the, um, uh, the, 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 I guess, the, the movie itself, the, sh- the film? Well, I'm happy that you asked, Brian, because we just shot an epilogue last week and we've worked it into the film. We interviewed Jacqueline. We interviewed some of the guests. We were all social distanced. We did it properly, including one um, one gentleman who survived COVID-19. So we felt there's all this human connection in the film. We, we added an epilogue that addresses how Chicago Help Initiative is adjusting. I know that they're still preparing a lot of meals, like 3,000 meals a week, but they're working to get the programs back. Yeah. So absolutely amazing that yeah. the, the work they're doing. Well, uh, you know, I, I, what I'd like to do is I'd, I'd absolutely love to have you back on the show. And uh, you'd mentioned post-production, pre-production. Uh, you know, I got I got to put something together every week here on Bravehearts Radio. Yeah. <laughs> this this yes. week we we've been talking about the power of film with uh, Lucia Moro and Joe Orlandino on Bravehearts Radio. Uh, remember to check out uh, the websites uh, BraveheartsForKids.org and MyBrothersShoes.org. Uh, considering uh, consider making a donation and supporting uh, the organization. Uh, you can connect with me at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org and plan to join us uh, every Monday at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 Central Time. Next week, we'll be talking about coaching with Master Coach Pete Walsh. Uh, if you don't know the name uh, Pete Walsh as a as a coach, uh, you you will after next week. Well, maybe you do now. Remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. 
and we'll see you next week. Until then, be well and stay well. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.